Saint Peter Priesthood Podcast, the podcast where a gay veteran and his emotional support Canadian scream into the void about the Mormon Church. If you want to reach us, we are on Instagram at Not So Peter Priesthood, and you can email us at Not So Peter Priesthood at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy. Bye. my mom died oh yeah it was so incredible i listened to it really? on audiobook yeah and she reads it uh-huh. like holy shit it was <laughs> it like i my heart broke for her like Ugh. and the weird thing about it is like she's explaining growing up mormon and like being really far removed from it for so long and then reading it i'm like so fucking weird like it just seems so weird being away from it for so long <laughs> like oh yeah yeah it was it was weird it was definitely weird <laughs> but i liked it so highly yeah, i suggest. just i just barely heard that she wasn't was it you I think, was, said? I think katie told us that she was mormon cause oh, somebody, yeah. yeah somebody had sent to not so molly mormon that they needed to like review it or whatever Oh, yeah. All right. Yes. Anyways. Hi, how's it going? (laughs) Good. Welcome to Not So Peter Priesthood. (laughs) Hi, listeners. Hi, everybody. We're just talking about books because that's what we do. (laughs) (laughs) Like an obsessive amount. It's a problem. (laughs) It's a problem, but, you know, whatever. It's a good problem. There's worse things that could happen that we could be talking about. The, yep. <laughs> Wait. Like anything in the news? Like, or, or you know, like Mormonism. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so bad. Uh, oh wait, that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're here. Hmm. Oh, that was oh, happening now. Oh, could you mention that? Um, also, listeners, if I um, disappear for a little bit, uh, it's because I'm having a coughing fit. <clears throat> I'm getting Jake's over been a... really sick, so everybody be really nice to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you were anyway. you were looking pretty rough there for a couple days, but you look like you're not on. You're no longer a Victorian child who may not make it. Through <laughs> Die of consumption. <laughs> a little concerned there for i was like mm, this might yeah. be the end <laughs> this might be the end and you will have to carry on the legacy of not so peter priesthood oh my God, <laughs> just me by myself <laughs> like i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> well not much better than what we already are at, so <laughs> just me screaming onto the void all by myself <laughs> yeah, we never, you don't change the tagline tag and everything. You're like an emotional support Canadian just screaming into the void. Just screaming all by yourself. <laughs> music playing in the background. <laughs> These creatures need your support. <laughs> On this episode, Dusty screams into a pillow. <laughs> <Hold> <laughs> For 47 <on. laughs> minutes. Enjoy. 47 minutes. <laughs>
enjoy the <laughs> soothing oh, sounds. <laughs> and then next episode, Dusty screams in her closet. <laughs> oh my god, seriously. It's just parenting, honestly. It's just walking into your closet just to say, what the fuck? And then walking out like nothing happened. <laughs> It's fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) (sighs) Well, before we get into the episode, I did want to talk just to... We don't want to necessarily talk about the recent shooting uh, in Colorado Springs because there's a lot of... of, um, We talked about how it's kind of messy and it's a lot of misinformation out there but uh we just wanted to put out there that um i don't know it's as a as a queer man it's uh definitely hits home i've been to that club a few times um it's hard to when this happened when pulse happened it's just hard it's an eye-opening thing of you know that no place is safe for you know and um it unfortunately it's becoming more and more um prevalent in the news and um there's a lot of anti-gay stuff going around so um it's not necessarily a surprise that that's happening but it's terrible and uh i don't know my heart goes out to those that have been affected by it and if you are as a listener um have been affected by it or need anybody talk to you uh you can just make sure that you reach out to your support systems we are here you can reach out to us we'll talk to you on instagram um but uh also there's plenty of resources out there for you um anyway that's what i want but um, yeah yeah i think that's perfect we just want everyone to know that like we're thinking of the people affected we're thinking of the community we're pissed off that queer spaces aren't safe for queer people and yeah just angry and sorry (laughs) yes all of that (laughs) but uh on that note (laughs) you ready to get into the topic today (laughs) oh always 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 a joy (laughs) at least we're in it together (laughs) It's it's so true so um, this actually comes pretty timely because of the holiday season, uh, which is a huge season for depression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw the best meme saying how like mammals hibernate in the wintertime oh, yeah. and then how humans are supposed to continue on their like throughout the year stuff. And because we fail at doing that well, we're failures <laughs> instead of trying to hibernate. And I was like, ah. Ah, yes. that makes sense. I mean, I'm supposed to be hibernating right now, not functioning <laughs> at 100%. So ah, give capitalism. me my books and my sweater <laughs> and all the berries, and I will be over there. <laughs> I wish. Wouldn't that be nice if we could just be like, mm, I will see you in six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Six weeks, six months. Bye. <laughs> yeah, Canadian winter. I will see you in eight months. Goodbye. <laughs> we see Dusty for two months out of the year. <laughs> and like, why is it that we have eight months of winter, but people never learn how to drive on winter roads? 
why? It's always a shock every year. It's like, like, what is this stuff on the ground? (laughs) Somebody who's lived here their entire lives have had eight months of winter their entire lives and go, oh my god, I can't just slam on my brakes going a buck forty down the highway. That's 140 kilometers per hour for you Americans. I don't know what that is in miles, but it's fast. It's too fast. Yes. I think it's like 80. The only reason I know is because I've like tra- I've uh, converted it while I'm talking to you. <laughs> and I can't have the cheater speedometer. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's 80. It. <laughs> I only know 60 miles per hour is 100, which is like our highway speed. So that's all I know. So when I was a kid, there was no... Um, speed limit through montana <laughs> and my dad was yeah. like in it <laughs> yeah montana for the longest time didn't have speed limits yeah I it still does but i haven't i haven't been to montana in oh like eight years probably yeah, yeah it's been a long time my passport expired like six years ago <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> at, least Anyways. at least you've had one i need to still need to get one that's my. <laughs> that's another. That's a whole other episode, though. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, depression. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're gonna read this <laughs> lovely article from LDS Living. <laughs> sure to take notes. <laughs> and it's, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, written by a doctor, Jacob Hess, PhD. He and it's PhD. titled. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and remember that. Remember that he is a credentialed doctor while we read this, so... Well, I mean, so Shaq, though, so... Oh, is he? Didn't he get, like, a honorary doctorate from somewhere? Maybe I dreamed yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just edit that part out, because I don't actually know. <laughs> oh, no, I've killed Jake. He's coughing. Sorry. Uh, yeah, um, but I do know that there's like celebrities who have like honorary doctorates from certain universities. So, yeah. Taylor so Swift has a doctorate. Yeah. <laughs> honorary doctorate. Yeah. See. Dr. So Smith. like. Yeah. But, so let's just let's just take whatever this person says with a remembrance of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, it is titled "New Hope for Deeper Healing from Depression and Anxiety." Stories of long-term... Excuse me, I'm going to die already. Um, Stories of long-term healing from depression and anxiety illustrate the gradual life changes that the gospel encourages can contribute in important ways to long-term healing. Jesus Christ was not only a wonderful teacher, but also a healer who led people to lasting relief from what afflicted them. That's because the Savior took upon him the pains and sicknesses of his people that he may know according to the flesh how to succor his people. The sucker. That that word always just, I was like, mm, could you use mm-hmm. a different one? And also, uh, we, we've talked about this multiple times, so there's no way he knows all the suffering of everybody. But whatever, it's fine, fine. Does we'll he know about okay. period cramps? Does he know no. about period cramps? No. Does he know about having big-headed babies? No. <laughs> does he know? Does he know? Oh. 
um, to learn more about lasting healing from depression and anxiety, I have reviewed over 100 stories of people who have experienced deeper long-term healing from these increasingly common challenges. Doing so, I have identified several helpful themes that show up across many stories of healing, including physical, emotional, relational, and spiritual changes. So he's gathered all these like stories and come up with these. Let's see how many are there. I should know this, but... I hate it already. Seven, seven themes. Seven. Th- okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, even before the COVID-19 pandemic incre- increased stress, isolation, and grief, there was growing appreciation of the way lifestyle patterns influence emotional distress. As Dr. Stephen Ilardi, uh, I think that's right, I-L-A-R-D-I, I don't know, uh, said, is that doctor said, human beings were never designed for the poorly nourished, sedentary, indoor, sleep-deprived, socially isolated, frenzied pace of 21st century life. What were we just talking about? <laughs> we are supposed to be hibernating. The no. good doctor said so. Thanks for tuning in. See you in June. <laughs> and that's it. That's a wrap. We're going to hibernate. <laughs> uh, what steps can we take in our own? Okay, I'm going to skip that. So, all right, step one. Not step one. Theme one. Retain hope in the possibility of deeper healing. Uh, if you have faith, you hope for things which are not seen. Also, I want to do a little disclaimer. Any uh, things that we say are not uh we are not professionals oh, oh yeah <laughs> this is no. where, where this is like a clinical like uh talking about things that are of uh medicine medicinal medicinal but not no uh like uh what's the word i'm looking for like uh they're of a nature that's um could be personal to you and you know oh yeah of, yeah and, like um, Mental illness and depression and anxiety are as different as the person experiencing it. We are not experts. We can only speak from our own personal experience. So please bear that in mind. We are not we're not professionals. Please always seek your yeah. own medical provider for answers. That is right. Okay. Okay. Disclaimer done. All right. Um, <laughs> if you have faith, you hope for things which are seen, not seen, which are true. Do you remember what that? scripture that is just a little just to see how brainwashed you are <laughs> i i knew what you were gonna say when you said hope or faith is i knew you were gonna say it was a hope of things not seen but yeah i don't know is it a scripture match i'm sure it's a scripture yeah. match alma 32 21 oh, i should have picked I, alma i don't know if i would have known that but i off the top of my head but seeing it i'm like oh yeah that's it. girl i walked into <laughs> seminary late Every day. (laughs) (laughs) You naughty, naughty. Usually with an orange crush Slurpee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you were that girl. All right. Uh, One of the most common themes in healing stories was the presence of hope that incremental shifts toward better emotional well-being were possible. As As one person said, healing is about maintaining hope. Many with mental illness have been told their condition was permanent. This was based on the belief that the adult brain doesn't change. We now know better. Discoveries of brain changeability have expanded hope that fundamental shifts are possible, including for those facing mental illness. Okay. Okay. 
I'm just going to stop you right there because, okay, yes, you can create new neural pathways and you can retrain the brain and things. However, there also needs to be a conversation about that sometimes that doesn't work for people. Sometimes people are missing brain chemicals mm-hmm. and that is nothing to be ashamed of. You're not a failure if you can't retrain your brain how to make those chemicals and it should never, ever, ever, ever be while you are just not having enough faith and you are just not working hard enough at this. Right. That's all That's all I need to say about that. <laughs> no, exactly. And I'm um, taking a lifespan development class and uh, <laughs> talked a little bit about that at the beginning. It was like we talked about the biology of it. Um, and that's exactly it, like the chemicals that make up these you know, we give you your yeah. serotonin and all that stuff. Some, you know, some people's yeah. bodies. If your brain don't. doesn't make serotonin, you can buy it. And there's no shame in that. Go buy it from the pharmacy. It's not that big a deal. Like, it's fine. Right. It's fine. My body clearly doesn't make melatonin. So that's why I'm so white. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> so that reminds me of, uh, I took a, Biological anthropology. I'm just throwing it all out there because, you know, whatever. Um, it was really cool. Gotta get your money's worth for your schooling. Absolutely. Biological anthropology. Bio, is that right? Why does that sound weird? Uh, biological anthropology <laughs> class. And it was really cool. And um, <laughs> just the, the idea that uh, we talked about melanin and how it, like, how it originated. People think that we all started white but we actually started all black <laughs> because the uh the cradle of the earth like the yeah the cradle is that what it's called cradle of civilization that's what i meant cradle of civilization start i'm not like, smart i only know that because they talk about it in one of Anne rice's books but anyways <laughs> but it's you could have just sold it. You could just. Oh, okay. Totally smart. Not because I'm obsessed with vampires. I'm actually really smart. <laughs> <laughs> I've been like talking about how smart I am. Lifespan development, biological anthropology. Ooh. <laughs> You're like Anne Rice books. <laughs> like, <Okay. laughs> She's the queen. I love her. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense because look at you. You're up in the north and you're like white as fuck. So it's true. <laughs> and I come from countries in Eastern Europe that like don't have sunshine. So <laughs> yay me. It's all a response to the um, environment. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, uh, this is going into weird places. I had no, did not think that it would go into, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Not part of the journey, right? Come with us on this journey. We don't know where we'll end up. It's always been a surprise for us, too. Yeah. Uh, the possibility of profound changes shouldn't be surprising to those who believe in Christ. Ugh. Um, speaking to those affected by mental illness, Elder Eric W. Kopischke, I don't know, of the 70, taught, do whatever lies in your power and then stand still to see the salvation of God and for his arm to be revealed. Blah, blah, blah. It's that whole thing of like, oh, God will make up what you can't do. The grace, I guess. But like, yeah, I, I think there is also something to be said about just like the power of believing like there are stories of like cancer patients 
their tumors shrinking because they believed that they were going to battle this cancer and survive it. So I think there is something in in the belief of like, if you do have this faith that you will be able to do something, that there there is some stories about that. Absolutely. But I think it's a very dangerous, like tightrope to walk when we're talking about like, no, this is what will happen. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a black and white thing. Just because you have cancer, you should still say, go see your oncologist and go through treatments. You should just be like, well, I'm just going to have faith. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Same with, same with depression, anxiety. It's great to be like, yes, I can have a positive attitude and I can get through this, but you still should probably check in with your healthcare provider. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, um, I can remember, I think I might've mentioned this before. Um, maybe it's just in conversation with you, I'm sure. Um, but we, when my sister died, um, my mom specifically told me, she's like, you know, you could go see a counselor and we won't think anything any less of you. I'm like, and I still just remember thinking like, well, why do I, why am I the only one that would need a counselor? <laughs> like, you lost yeah. a fucking child. Like, yeah. <laughs> why aren't, but, um, I mean, I, I struggled, but um, I think... Honestly, looking back on it, I think I'm not to say like there's it's like not a competition or anything, but I feel like I've been able to process it a lot better than they have because I've been more open about it and about my feelings. Yeah. I never went to a therapist for it and I probably should no. still, but like um for a lot of things. But um the <laughs> no, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> But I think um having that openness helped me like and to like face it rather than like just yeah I think that that's it's part of being able to look at a situation without those church blinders on as a mother who has buried a child in a completely different situation um it always felt like a festering wound when it was constantly like well in the eternities well he's waiting for you well if you go to the temple you'll be able to have that connection i always felt like it never was allowed to heal it was constantly being ripped open every sunday every time i went to the temple anytime i talked about it it was this festering wound and since i've left the church and i've been able to process it in my own way and through a healthy way of like coming to grips with what happened and with it being a tragedy, but also seeing like how great my life has turned out. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a more healthy way to process things that happen to us rather than constantly. It seems like the church just, it's such a like hotbed for pain and suffering, you know, like everybody has to, well, I'm suffering through this great you know, wait and look at how righteous and how faithful I am because I, I don't know. It just, it, it's not a good place for good mental health. I feel like in a lot of ways, I mean, a lot sure. of ways, but, <laughs> but specifically they, through grief. Yeah. And then they veil it with like, everybody's happy and everybody's, there's no problems. Like yeah, on the surface, there's mm-hmm. everybody seems so happy and we're so great because we're going to see him in the celestial kingdom. Everything's fine. And you're not yeah. allowed to actually process it properly because you have to keep this facade of like, it's fine. Everything's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. Oof. But the, um, speaking of that, there's, 
there's something to be said about um, how we've, I think we've, let's see, like, so there's the toxic positivity, but I'm just, just, I'm thinking of like the, when we think of like negative emotions, like the church is very much about like, don't even go there. Don't, don't, those don't exist. Those are bad. Those are devil emotions, you know, mm-hmm. but when, uh, but the, the really they're human emotions. And you, if you, the more you just, you have to let the, you have to sit in those sometimes and let them work themselves out. You do. You need to scream and you need to cry. Those are human reactions to tragedy and to grief and to pain and loss. That's a normal reaction. Me falling down at a gravesite crying hysterically is a normal human reaction. Being told he's in a better place, it's fine, stop, stop, you're being ridiculous, is not normal. That's that's and toxic it's positivity. Healthy. It's yeah. not healthy. No, exactly. Yeah. Uh see having others around us who don't give up on us can really help as dr daniel fisher found in interviews with recovered individuals over and over again we heard i needed someone to believe in me which okay i'm gonna i will say uh this article starts out decent right yeah yeah. but just as we you'll see as we get further along (laughs) it's gonna get worse and worse (laughs) they always do they always start with like their little cuteness and then they the the discussion stuff so Mm -hmm. yeah all right so number two theme uh make small and large life adjustments which i'm just like can you just make life adjustments but i don't know anyway uh by small and simple things are great things brought to pass uh he starts yeah, he literally starts every single one with a scripture. Fuck. Anyway. Of course he does. <laughs> uh, virtually every story of healing involved people learning new things and growing in different ways. Sometimes they made large changes. Large changes. For instance, one woman said, I came to realize that I had ad- additional hurts, habits, and hangups to deal with in my heart. Within me, there was selfishness, control, anger, and much more I had been blind to. Other times, people found smaller adjustments making a difference, such as keeping a gratitude journal, adopting a pet, or getting more exposure to sunlight. Ah. Ah. Oh, I need more sunlight (laughs) in my life. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) One person described the value of a little more stillness in his day. I get up early enough to not have to rush in the morning. I take in the sunlight by standing at the window for a few minutes. He then sits down to have a slow, warm, and quiet breakfast without interference from his phone. I completely agree with both of these points. Um, yeah. Like, if you if you come out of rehab and you've had, like, a serious addiction, they generally suggest you move to a new place to start over because you're going to fall into your same habits if you're in your same environment. Same with still. I'm a yoga instructor. Stillness and meditation is so vital for our brains. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm... 100% of, other than the scripture, I am totally on board for yeah. theme number two. <laughs> Especially as you were saying, um, we're so – we're not meant to be – this is all tying – you were is meant to be that you brought up the hibernation thing because <laughs> that was – I mean – Yeah, because uh, we're not you know? meant to be responsive to immediate notifications 99% of our day. Like we have been – we've been – trained to immediately respond to that ding on our phone or that red button popping up right and we're not meant to do that we're really not we're meant to sit in stillness and we're meant to observe things and we're meant to feel our feelings and that's really difficult to do when we're so plugged into our devices all the time Mm 
Yeah, I will say, um, I wonder if his like, I agree wholeheartedly. Especially, I the reason I go hiking is so I can disconnect and reconnect with Earth and. Absolutely. Um, my friend, uh, th- she's a clinical ther- therapist. She just got her PhD, I think, a year ago, two years ago. Anyway, um, but she and I were talking about this book. Oh, I need to find out what it is. Anyway, um, but it's basically like that. There's actual people, like um, psychologists, that are studying the uh, benefits of nature on your mental health and how mm. it. Um, and how we need it as humans to bond with nature and to become and to feel that connection with earth again yeah because the countries that have like the highest levels of like happiness and satisfaction with life are the countries that get out and do things that they have public land that they are accessible that they can go walking through their country without borders and fences and private property like they can use the land those are the happiest countries because they are able to get out and explore and it's part of their culture to get outside and to go out into nature regardless of the weather Mm -hmm. uh let's see number three excuse me prioritize physical activity nutrition and sleep uh, cease to sleep longer than is needful. Retire to thy bed early that you may not be weary. Rise early that your bodies and your minds may be invigorated. Mm. That is from Dr. Incompetence. Of course it is. <laughs> so, why is somebody who gets up at 5 a.m., oh, hi, <laughs> and then goes to bed at like 8.30, why are they same as like a better human than somebody who gets up at 10 a.m. and goes to bed at like midnight? I've never understood that. Like, different people have different internal clocks, but we seem to put this, like, oh. emphasis on people who get up early are so much better it's than that, people. It's that capitalism um, mentality of the early bird gets the worm. The earlier you get up, the quicker you get to your job and you get more, make more money and blah, blah, blah. It's all just about capitalism, honestly. It me crazy. Because, like, honestly, I'm up at 5, and today at 10 o'clock, I thought it was, like, 2 in the afternoon, because <laughs> I was like, I have done so much today already, and it's not even lunchtime. <laughs> so. Well, and um, so when I was in the Navy, like, woke up early all the time. Like, 4 a.m., you know, ugh, and uh, I'd go on leave, and I, my bot, I'm not a I am not a morning person. I have tried to be. I try my, you know, it's just. I know this about you. <laughs> it is not in me. And I, I can do it. I can do mornings. They're not my favorite. Mm-hmm. So my natural inclination is to like, I'll sleep until like nine, you know, yeah. nine or on the weekends, maybe even 10, you know, <laughs> I don't know. And, uh, but I'm no up judgment. till. I would sleep till 10 for sure. If I could. <laughs> yeah. But I'm one of those people that's up till like midnight. 10 mm-hmm. midnight you know and so i'm i still put put in a full day you know oh yeah and um my family would give me so much shit when i'd be on leave on the night na- when i was in the navy and i'd be i'd get up at like 9 nine thirty or something and they're like oh look who's that finally up i'm like um okay first of all bitches <laughs> <laughs> i wake up all early every fucking day this is my vacation yeah yeah <laughs> exactly right up. yeah I know my normal mode like for sure the only reason I get up is because I have children (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually a pretty 
like I need some time to wake up regardless of when I get up during the day. I'm not super happy. Like I'm not a morning person. Even if I slept till one, I would not be happy to wake up. I'm just, (laughs) I never have been. My mom has this picture of me as a child standing in my crib with my hair everywhere, (laughs) just like growling at the camera. And that's just how I am. (laughs) I have noticed if I get up early and like do something that's just for me, then like my day is a lot better. So, yeah. But I'm not naturally like a happy waker upper person. Even if I wake up from a nap, I am a grump. I am a grizzly bear. I literally am a grizzly bear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless your husband. <laughs> like, how does he even? I don't know how he puts up with me. So it's been it's been like twelve years. The poor man. <laughs> oh. uh, he's a saint. <laughs> He says, increased levels of physical activity have long been known to boost mood. Nutritional adjustments can also make a difference in reducing depression. Uh, As Dr. Felice Jacka wrote, eating a salad is not going to cure depression, but there's a lot you can do to lift your mood and improve your mental health. And it could be as simple as increasing your intake of plants and healthy foods. Likewise, researchers have found that getting to sleep one hour earlier corresponds with a 23% lower risk of major depressive disorder, with benefits to current depression and anxiety as well. Which, I I mean, I can't argue with, I guess, facts, but I just, it just seems weird because, like, I don't know, when I'm depressed, all I do want to do is sleep, so I'm just like, Mm -hmm. well, if they're increasing sleep and it's decreasing my depression because i feel like when i'm sleeping when i'm depressed i'm just getting more and more depressed <laughs> i think it's, I think it's a before the depressive episode i think that they're saying like and i don't think it's necessarily like the depression yeah and i think it's more along the lines of it doesn't matter if you're going to bed consistently at 10 p.m and they're saying no you need to go to bed at 9 p.m i don't think that's it i think it's that extra hour that you're getting that you're not getting burnt out and you're not getting to that stage of like overwhelm and depression. I think it has more to do with the, the accumulation of your sleep rather than what time you're going to sleep. Uh, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Cause yeah, it like I, I can tell what I'm starting to get, you know, me, I go through my lovely little roller coaster <laughs> of emotion. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I see myself starting to stay up later and later and later because I'm starting to get frazzled and I'm starting to slide into that depression. And that's usually a cue of like, oh, things aren't going sideways because I'm not going to bed at bedtime. Oh. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, theme number four, adjust your mental diet and mental activity. Are that- we going to tell they have TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> well, he kind of told us that's well, interference from his phone, which yeah. I agree. But like, I feel like part of, that was another point I was going to make with that one was that I feel like part of what he was bringing up the phone thing is to stay off social media and stuff. So, yeah, no. yeah. which I mean, that's not wrong because no, definitely doom not. Doom scrolling oh, is absolutely. terrible. And we're, if we're already feeling bad. bad about ourselves and we're looking at people's highlight reels, that's not going to help you. That's just going to make you feel right. even worse about yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on the... Uh, those finding deeper healing often report learning how to view dis- despairing and dark mental content 
not as a reflection of who they are, but as something they are experiencing. As one brother recounted, what was previously experienced as, as this kind of torture being enslaved by the thought process, I was able to push back from that and just noticed it as something a lot more innocuous, kind of like lying down on the bank of a river just watching the stream float by. I love that. I love that. So I've had so many students in in classes say they can't meditate because they can't clear their minds. And that's not the point. The point of meditation is to allow those thoughts to roll through your head and just acknowledge them. You don't need to add, you don't need to assign any anything to them. They aren't good. They aren't bad. They're just thoughts and they just fall through your brain. And that's the point is to be able to take yourself out of that like rat race of thoughts that are scurrying through your brain and to just objectively stand back and just let them roll through. I like that. Uh, he said, while it's normal for us to view our thoughts as reality, it's possible through practices like prayer, meditation, or therapy to learn how to see our thoughts and feelings more objectively and less personally. This, in turn, helps us to appreciate our capacity to choose how to respond to what's going on inside and to redirect attention to what is true and good. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. he's coming at it from a true and good, like it being the church stuff, but yeah. true and good, if you're wrestling with a with a choice that you have to make, you can step back and you can allow those thoughts to, if I made this choice, what happens? If I make this choice, what happens? And you can be more objective by just taking yourself out of that rat race of thought. Putting a little more intention into what your, into your decisions. Yeah. Decisions or problems or arguments that you're having. Anything can be used for anything. Uh, paying greater attention to what we bring into our minds <clears throat> can also support more healing. As President Russell M. Nelson recently cautioned, if most of the information you get comes from social or other media, your ability to hear the whisperings of the spirit will be diminished. Yeah. So, yeah, it's still filtered with, like, the... Of course. Uh, you know, and, I mean, he does make a good point. I got to the point where, during COVID, I just, I was having like a nervous breakdown. Like I just was really struggling and I noticed that I just stopped. We had daily updates. Daily updates were coming to us every single day. We were bombarded with numbers. We were bombarded with the amount of deaths. We were, it was constant. It was constant, constant, constant. Every single day there was somebody on my TV talking about it. And I finally said, I can't do this anymore. And I could not, I turned it off and I could not, people would start to talk about it. I'd say, I have to remove myself from this conversation because I cannot deal with it anymore. Because yeah, the more we allow it to come into our brain, the more it's going to be added to that internal noise that we have going on. So yeah, I do agree with, I mean, of course it's the social media of like, oh, don't look at the Exmo TikTokers, but I mean, he does make a point. (laughs) (laughs) Don't listen to things. If something is making things worse for you, you don't have to digest it. You don't have to partake. You can turn off the TV. You can turn off the phone. This is true. um, I've had to, like, put my, like, I'll... I always feel like, oh, I'm going to put my phone away and I just put it down for a little bit and put it, like I put it face down <laughs> and then I, then I avoid it for like 10 minutes and I'm like, oh, what's on my phone? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm all proud of myself for avoiding it for like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, I get it. I my phone charges across my bedroom. Like my bed is on that side, and my phone charger is on that side because I'm the same way. I'll just sit. And suddenly, like, an hour has gone by, and I'm like, I need to go to sleep. Like, I have children that wake yeah. up at 5 a.m., so. Yeah. Yeah, so I get it. It's it's a bad, it's a hard habit to break because it's so easy, and it's such an easy, like, dopamine. Yeah, you just get yeah. that hit of dopamine fix, right? So, yeah, I totally get it. Uh, all right. Uh, five, pursue forgiveness and healing from past trauma. Uh, I don't know mm. if I want to read. Oh, yeah. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall be there any more pain, for the former things are passed away. It's from Revelation. It's common for painful things in the past, from early abuse to later trauma, to influence present emotional distress. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> A common pattern in healing stories is to not ignore these connections and instead to take them seriously. It's really good, actually. Yeah. Uh, Rather than focusing on what's wrong with people, one woman who had found healing suggested we explore more of what has happened to them. Fortunately, there is more awareness and professional trauma-oriented support to help people find healing from painful past events. That one's absolutely not problematic. What the? Yeah, I'm I'm great with that because sometimes we do have to remember, like. People hurt people hurt people, right? And so mm-hmm. we have to remember that, like, some of these some of these people that have hurt us in our past, that's all they knew how to do. And so we have to, you know, that's not our shit to worry about. We'll just got to move on from it. Not saying that you absolutely ever have to forgive anybody. Like, do what works best for you. And if you want to hate them until the day you die, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> You do not have to forgive. It does not have to end on forgiveness. Absolutely not. Exactly. Well, and it's that mentality of turn the other cheek or whatever that they keep saying, like, oh, yeah. Oh, that, what's that story? I'm pretty sure it's one of those ones that have gone around everywhere. This woman, maybe maybe not. This woman has this, like, frozen turkey thrown through her window while she's driving, and she, like, gets her... Um, no, I've never heard not? this. I've never heard this oh. story. No. Uh, so I think it's around Thanksgiving time, and this frozen turkey flies off this other vehicle in front of her and goes through her windshield and basically fucks up her whole face. You know. Oh my god. And um, instead of and then there's this whole thing of like this that she actually she forgives the guy that did it because he was like a younger guy and he was having all this stuff future ahead of him and all this stuff. I'm like, and it's this whole lesson on, Oh, she, she forgave him. And even that, you know, like, I don't know. I think in that, no, but I think in that situation, like, it's not like he was standing on a truck throwing a Turkey at her. So forgiving him is kind of more for her. Like he probably felt bad that a situation happened, but it's not like he purposely went out and was like, I'm going to fuck somebody up with a frozen turkey today. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, like in situations like that, I think that forgiveness is is a personal healing thing that you forgive that this person was involved in something. An abuser, on the other hand, you don't have to forgive them. You really don't. don't. Nope. They don't need they can no suck it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I 
think, okay, I think this is where, yep, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, disclaimer, also, listeners, uh, I took these notes several months ago, and I'm, <laughs> don't really remember what's in it, so <laughs> I probably shouldn't have admitted to that, but, you know, I'm professional. Um <laughs> Theme six, deepen your connections with God and others. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. See, that's exactly. So I remember, I do remember reading this and being like, getting, I'll be like, oh yeah, everything's nice. And then I get to six and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I mean, if if you take it as like working on your spirituality, regardless of what that looks like, if that's journaling, if that's reading tarot cards, if that's going to, a, you know, a community church or going out in nature. Absolutely. Find that connection with like a bigger than you power. It doesn't have to be God, but something that's bigger than you, like Mother Nature. I I strongly believe that, yeah, that's a good way to go about dealing with a lot of, you know, depression and and anxiety is to look at where your place is in the world and and to find that you you have this connection somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I was struck by how many stories of deeper emotional healing center on rediscovering a new connection with God. One man spoke of hanging on to God's promises in scripture when no one else around him seemed to be able to help him. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland has counseled those facing depression. Faithfully pursue the time-tested devotional practices that bring the Spirit of the Lord into your life. Many others affirm that coming to see their lives as having true worth, meaning, and purpose was an important part of their healing, as was connecting with others around them. I mean, that's fair. I mean, yeah, connect like with even, others. Have a like Alcoholics system. Anonymous say that you need to, um, don't they say something about acknowledging that there's a higher power than you or something? Yeah. yeah. I think so. I don't know. I've never gone. <laughs> Yeah, Not yet, anyways. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the, I mean, connecting with others and around you too, like build yeah. a support system. Build know. a support system. Have people in your life that matter to you and that you matter to them. And yeah, it's huge. Having having friends is um, vastly underrated because yeah, it's good to have people that you can turn to for sure. Yeah. Even if it's uh, just a meme <laughs> <laughs> that's right um yeah the i was i've been this is a side note but i've been seeing a lot of stuff and i'm just like why do you have to keep bringing this up but um like 20 percent, i want to say of lgbtq people experience like loneliness like chronic loneliness so <laughs> yeah that's so that's, sad That's a a large percentage of a community that, oh, I just want to go hug all of them and be like, you're not alone. You're really not. There's some of us out here that aren't assholes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm drinking from my pride mug. (laughs) Uh, Depends on what you're drinking. Oh, you're drinking tea. That's perfect. I like to give... give, Dusty all the tea. I'm always like, oh, you want to hear the tea? <laughs> my favorite part of my day because um, the only exciting thing going on with me is potty training, which is going great. But oh, it's like, yeah, we are like there. We are there. Hey. I have not changed a diaper in a week. So happy. I know. <laughs> but I mean, 
to me, that's really exciting, but like that's pretty much the extent of it. So I love hearing <laughs> the tea. I love <laughs> gossip and drama that has absolutely nothing to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the best kind to be on the periphery of it. Yeah. Uh, one church member found sweet connection to deceased family members by immersing himself in family history. He oh. said that he gradually, yeah, he gra- said that he gradually started noticing how he began to feel lighter as these connections deepened, to the point that he eventually he didn't even notice the depression at all. Can but I we feel like that's like get involved with something and like get a hot yeah, like, do something find a passion do. project. Read yeah. 75 books this year. <laughs> <laughs> Start a bookstagram. <laughs> but I also think that there's such a connecting thing to finding out where your roots are and like knowing what you come from and reading the names of the people. Like the fact that there's all these people that had to exist for you to happen is a pretty incredible thing. And so when you find that and you see those names written and you know that these people actually were real tangible people, that's that's a pretty incredible thing. And that's a really passionate thing to get into. I think I, I think it's cool. Like I love reading really obscure books about, you know, the countries that I come from because having that connection to that culture is really makes me feel really, I don't know, connected and part of something bigger than myself. Can I say connection five more times? That was a really weird sentence. (laughs) (laughs) How many times? It's a drinking game now. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime Dusty says connection. <laughs> if I say like or A, take a shot. Just kidding. Don't do it. You'll die. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want that on our consciences. Conscien- consciences? There we go. I can speak words. English. Is uh, <laughs> all right. So number seven. Where's the last one? But there's still more after it. So of we're not quite done. But wait, there's more. <laughs> uh, the seventh theme is decre- decreased dependence. Act for themselves and not be acted upon. It's natural for anyone facing depression or anxiety to rely on a variety of outside supports, from professional therapists and family or friends to medication and food. <gasps> what? What? He's saying decrease <laughs> your dependence? Uh-huh. <gasps> okay, sorry. You keep going on. I'll just yeah, sit here. This is where it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, let me read. Re- okay. Decre- yeah. Decreased dependence. So it's natural for anyone facing depression or anxiety to rely on a variety of outside supports from professional therapists. This is where I was. This is where I knew there was something. Okay. And family or friends to medication and food. Some unfortunately turn to illegal substances and alcohol while trying to navigate painful emotions. While many sources of help... Oh, God, I'm dying. Um, While many sources of help can provide short-term benefits, people who find longer-term healing consistently speak of a decreasing dependence on external resources. The Church's Emotional Resilience class is one resource resource that helps people develop that kind of growing freedom. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) So he's all good, all happy, everything's great. We were agreeing with everything. Then, Until he said, uh, don't actually go to your therapist and don't take your medication, because those are outside dependences. Just go to the church-approved classes. 
Which oh totally God. negates everything he said here because he was talking about therapy, right? Yeah. It's like, you can go to therapy. You can do this and this. And then he says, but wait, actually, don't go to therapy. Those are just short term. Like, don't do it too long because, like, go to the you know. church's emotional resilience class because that's going to teach you about scriptures and all that yeah. stuff. And also, if you continue with therapy, they're going to delve into the shit that you're involved in and be like, whoa. <laughs> Get out. I'm or sorry, you made a legally binding contract for the eternities when you were eight. <laughs> well, cool, 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 cool. You can't even uh, rent a car until you're 25, but you can you can promise your entire soul at the age of eight. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah. I ju- I just <laughs> I just want to. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so it's, hum- like, it's absolutely it's so in line with what the church does like it absolutely <laughs> is like these things are great and wonderful and and good but they're they're no you actually need the church you need the church more than you need medication you need the church more than you need therapy you need the church more than you need like it drives me crazy it absolutely drives me crazy that they make people so dependent on the church and put people into really dangerous situations because they say garbage like this and vulnerable yeah. people listen to it. Yeah. Well, exactly. Cause, and he's already set himself up to be like, Oh yeah. To like, he's got a PhD. I was thinking about that. And like, also like he's, um, so obviously he's got the credentials and then he's, um, saying all this good stuff you're like oh yeah that's great and then of course you're gonna go along with this be like oh well that makes more sense i'm just gonna go to the church's emotional resilience class well because the church's emotional resilience class is going to be offered free of charge in your church right it's you know some people don't have medical benefits covering their medication some people can't afford to go to therapy so yeah it's gonna it's gonna hit a lot of people of being like oh Okay, so I'll do this short term while I can afford it, and then once the money runs out, then I have this other option, and I'm going to use that instead, which is so terrible. Yeah. <sighs> I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, and I think this is where it was actually like, oh, God. All right. <clears throat> It says, small changes make a big difference. None of the changes described above, of course, needs to happen all at once. Uh, Neuroscientist Alex Korb writes that one small change at a time can reverse the course of depression by creating an upward spiral. No, 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 no. I, okay, again, we need to reiterate that Every single person who experiences depression, anxiety, any sort of mental illness is going to experience it in a completely different way. We cannot, we absolutely cannot say that this is a formula and this is going to work for every single person. There's, there's just not, there's such a different levels of depression and mental illness. We cannot glump it all under just depression. It's this cute little umbrella of depression. It doesn't, it doesn't, there's a spectrum. I'm getting real triggers. There's different, like, yeah, it's all, there's different reasons for the depression as far as like, some people are just, I don't know, like some people just have fucked up shit happen to them. And so they're depressed. Like it's 
life experiences have yeah. caused it. It can be it some can be a cause of experiences. In their brain. Some people yeah. it's you know it's just it yeah. There's no yeah rhyme there's or reason for so it. So many different reasons it's, that you can experience any sort of mental illness, and absolutely, it can be a short-term thing. It can be a season of your life that you go through this depressive situation and you are able to climb out of it. Absolutely. That is true. There are also people who live with depression their entire lives and they have to figure out coping mechanisms. They might have to use medication. You know, like it's just, you can't just say, well, we're just going to do these six simple steps and that's going to pull you out of your depression. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm somebody who's been living with depression since I was 14 years old and it's not, I've I've learned to, to grow with it and things have changed as my life has changed and I've had to learn new coping mechanisms, but it's not as simple as sit in church on Sunday and put good things in it. Like my brain just doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. And I've been to so many therapists. I've been to so many psychiatrists. I'm sure if this, if this was like a patented way to fix not that my brain needs fixing, but if this was going to fix me, I'm sure somebody would have brought it up before today yeah. at, you know, 37 years old. <laughs> just, it infuriates me. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, you don't be sorry. Um, well, and so I, I am not like, what is it? I've never been uh, diagnosed with dep- depression, but I know I've got it, you know, like it's oh, like, yeah. obvious, but like, um, and I'm, I've had to like the reason why I need to go to therapy. One of them uh, is to figure out like my triggers for it and everything. But um, my little sister also suffers from depression. She's you know in her teens, and my family just doesn't believe it. Believe her. It's like they don't believe in depression, quote unquote. Yeah. Like they it's don't just think being sad. Real. Yeah, because yeah. that's what they think. Yeah, and mm-hmm. depression runs in my family, and um. I have an aunt. She's passed away now for like a long time, but she um, she suffered from depression. I don't shouldn't say suffer anyway, but the she had depression and um, mm. she was like she had other issues, obviously, but like there was um, it was always spoken with such like disdain, like uh, she's got her depression again, you know, kind of thing. And it was just like. There was no sympathy or, you know, no, like, how can I help you? How can I be there for you? It was always just like, oh, she's just depressed. She's just sad again. She's just doing yeah. that thing. She's just looking she's for attention. Looking for attention. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've heard it all. Yeah. And, yeah. like, it all comes down to, like, people like me. It's just, it's just the way, like, the hormones in our bodies and the way our brains process those hormones. And you just ride this wave of what you're capable of and medication absolutely helps and you know screaming what the fuck in your closet definitely (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's such it's such a personal thing for every single person who and I think like I read something about like five out of seven people will experience depression in their life at some point that's really a lot that's a lot and whether it's a short-term thing because you're going through grief or or something, or if it's a longer-term thing because you have a diagnosed mental illness, that's still a substantial amount of people that we need to show empathy to, and we need to be open to the conversation of it's not just, well, she's just sad, oh, she's just looking for attention, you know? Like, it's a real thing. If somebody had a broken arm, you wouldn't be like, oh, 
they broke their arm. They're just looking for attention. They just want people to sign their past. Like, it's yeah. things <laughs> happen. We need to address the things that are happening. That's a good point. Address it as, um, as if you would a broken bone because yeah. it's simply it's something in is in you is broken yeah. and needs to be paid attention to and given Absolutely. care to yeah so. yeah like we wouldn't say you know somebody's suffering from a chronic illness we're not going to be like look at them just talking about their lupus again <laughs> you know like oh, it's not oh my god they're just talking about their cancer again like we support these people that are going through things and there are people who have chronic depression myself included where it, we're not we're not doing it on purpose believe me if i could be quote unquote normal i'd be so happy <laughs> but <laughs> you know it just it infuriates me as somebody who has heard every single line in the book and has been told I was told for years that I just needed to pray harder and I needed to read more. And, you know, we've talked about on here how I was so let down when I made it to the temple and it didn't fix my brain, you know. Oh. Ah, it makes me crazy. <laughs> Cra- crazier. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not crazy. <laughs> Uh, all right. He says, I once visited with a family whose depressed te- teenager felt unable to commit to anything except getting a little more sunshine. After two weeks of getting outside more to play sports with his father, this young man felt enough energy to experiment with, adju- with adjustments to his diet, which triggered other improvements and a new me- momentum of gradual healing. This reflects the aggregation of marginal gains that Elder Michael A. Dunn of the 70 recently emphasized. I don't know why he had to... So was it actually the teenager getting outside and getting more sunshine or was it the fact that his father was taking an interest in him? That's what I was going to say too. Like, was it that or was he actually just being like cared for and parented and um, paid attention to? Yeah. And seen as somebody who (laughs) maybe needed a little bit more support, like quality time and more. Yeah. um, Yeah. Like that's Uh, one of my biggest parenting like skills it's like the 10-minute miracle, they call it, where you spend 10 minutes one-on-one with your child every single day just with them, focused on them with no distractions. And it, like, curbs, like, 99% of the, like, conflict that you have with that kid. Oh. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, another brother described – brother thing. Oh, Just, like, <laughs> stop it. Another brother described how adjusting what he took into his mind had rippling benefits for other areas of life. I started to be choosier about what media I watched and who I hung out with because I had a really clear sense of how it was affecting me. And that influenced my sleeping sleeping cycle, and I started to rest more, and I realized I felt really good when I exercised. And I noticed what foods made me feel good and what foods made me really feel sick. He described these changes as a domino effect that cascaded into other fortunate turnarounds. Uh, Dr. Korb explains in complex systems like the brain, even a little shift can change the resonance of the whole system. For example, exercises change, exercise changes the electrical activity in your brain during sleep, which then reduces anxiety, improves mood, and gives you more energy to exercise and interact with others. <clears throat> Similarly, expressing gratitude activates serotonin production, which improves your mood and allows you to overcome bad habits, giving you more to be grateful for. Any tiny change can be just to put just the push your brain needs to start spiraling spiraling upward. 
Which, I mean, yeah, take small mm-hmm. steps, you know. When we've heard um, millions of times, wasn't it? Oprah started talking about the gratitude journal and mm-hmm. writing down the things you're grateful for. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I've said it before that, like, the gym, I go to the gym not just for my physical health, but also for my mental health, especially mm-hmm. when I was living with my parents. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> the, like, I needed that time. And it was mm-hmm. really not necessarily even just about the gym. It's more, it's also just about having that dedicated time where I can be mindful and like zone out and also just be like, that's my, my space and my time to clear my thoughts. You yeah. know, just, why I'm up at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I go downstairs and I jump on my little bike and I, yeah, I get it. Cause it, and not only makes my jeans still fit, <laughs> but yeah, it definitely, it like blows the cobwebs out of my brain so that I can like focus during the day because I've already had that dedicated time to like get my blood flowing and yeah. yeah. Plus then my jeans fit. So, you know, that's good. We knew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you can see, deeper healing is not about attempting to change everything in dramatic fashion. That would be daunting even in normal conditions, let alone when feeling burdened emotionally. Even single adjustments can make a real incremental difference, so don't give up. (laughs) If only it was so easy. All these people that have succumbed to their depression and have lost their lives, if only somebody had just told them, hey, don't give up. Yeah. Pick yourself up by your bootstraps and keep going. It's an asinine comment, and I hate it so much. Like... Oh, I hate it. It's, yeah. it's it's just as dangerous as we talked about Teal Swan saying, what if you did give up? Like, yeah, it's it's the same asinine comments of you just sometimes need to meet people where they are and you just need to say, I know you're struggling and it sucks and it's hard and I am here for you. What can I do? Yeah. Even if that just means laying down next to them just so they're not crying by themselves. Like, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, seeing the way that gradual change is central to lasting healing has increased my appreciation for being a part of a gospel community dedicated to ongoing growth and eternal progression. <laughs> that felt oh, gross yeah. saying, but because every sister in my relief society who knew I stru- struggled with depression wasn't judging me and talking about me behind my back. Yeah, they were all there for my support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The good news is that these opportunities for growth are things we can prioritize in our own lives and homes. Prophets have repeatedly pointed our, our attention back to the untapped potentials within our own families, with President Nelson encouraging us in recent years to transform our home into a sanctuary of faith. With the inspiration of the Spirit, I believe we can make our homes sanctuaries of healing as well. You're breathing really heavily into the microphone. Oh, am I? Sorry. <laughs> I must have shifted it. Sorry. I don't know if I want to put that out, but I'm so sorry. (laughs) I bumped it when I took my drink of tea. My apologies. (laughs) Oh, you're good. I was like, oh. (laughs) I know you're getting heated, but like. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. No, you're good. So embarrassed. I couldn't. With the inspiration of the Spirit. I believe we can make our homes sanctuaries of healing as well. Our Lord knows the agony of crushing emotional pain and what can help us find deeper relief, however confusing mental illness is for all of, 
all of us. I testify that yeah, he knows exactly what he can help find us more lasting emotional healing. So that's the end of that. So like, I don't know. I, hate it. I it was like so good. He had good points, but then like it's that the whole decreasing dependence and like don't worry about that. Yeah. Turn your attention to the church and do all that stuff. And really, so that really is what his whole point is like your anxiety and depression will be cured by the church. Is really what he's getting at. Yeah, it's it's the same old rhetoric that they've always had that you just need to pray more and read your scriptures and throw yourself into service because you can't be thinking about yourself and your own problems when you're serving others. Yeah. The amount of times I've heard that growing up, like, oh my God. Yeah. Like it's oh it's just frustrating. It's so frustrating. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being on that journey with me. <laughs> hey, just me breathing uh, heavily into the microphone with rage. It's fine. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well, if it's not me, like with my microphone clear out here, you know, so you can't hear. Oh me, yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> me just rage breathing. <laughs> <laughs> The mama bear. <laughs> I really am just a grizzly bear. Like I just, I've had this whole like come to Jesus moment tonight. <laughs> just I've come to the Messiah. <laughs> Messiah. The Messiah. Uh, no, that was yeah. I'm glad we talked about it because like it's it's just so perfect of the church that they like give this really great and well thought out message but that is completely undone by the crap that they add at the end like it's just it always seems to be the way and they lull you into it with this really articulate and well put together message and then once they have you in that headspace they're like oh blah blah blah, blah and all the trash the in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 I hate it. I hate it. So There's got to be something psychological about that too. Like they got to know something. That that's something they can get away to. Like there must be. There, yeah. There's got to be some. I'm gonna study that shit. Yeah, because <laughs> I know, like, with the cadence of how they speak, like they're oh, yeah. not speak that way that they do. They go to speech coaches and they have speech writers and. Ew. And they are trained to speak the way they speak at general conference and whatever. It's very hypnotic yeah, and like lulling. It is. It absolutely is. And it's very, it's very lulling because they all have like of that their tenure uh-huh. of their very voice. Calming. So yeah. you're just like, oh, so you feel like you're safe, but you're actually being told yeah. all this bullshit. And even the women, the women speak in this very soft uh-huh. and very unassuming voice. So even they kind of, they lull you in because they're speaking to you and this really, yoga instructors do it too. Uh. Like I have a yoga instructor voice that I only use when I'm teaching yoga and it's to be calm and meditative and and to help people relax ah. oh my god i'm a cult leader oh my god <laughs> what will i do with my power oh wait <laughs> it's fine <laughs> uh. 
that was good though. Thank you for taking notes and sorry it took us so long to get to it. The damn church just keeps giving us so much. I know, right? So much content that we had to put it off for such a long time. I'm so sorry. Like, calm well, down, Mormons. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, with the holidays, it's, you know, it's a good, timely, uh, everybody's like, I mean, we just got through Thanksgiving Well, you guys have been <laughs> Yeah, we've had a month, though. So we're good. But we're ready we for Christmas. We just had ours, and we're getting, which I think is better to me. Like, I'm just, like, thinking about it, I'm like, I don't like that it goes right from Thanksgiving to, like, right into Christmas. That's always bugged me. And then, well, not yeah. always, but recently it's bugged me. I'm like, oh, because it's just constant there's no break yeah, you, you never get a, got a break from the holiday you to, yeah you don't get to catch your breath because it's like immediately you got black friday sales and all this stuff and it's like ah, yeah go 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 really, and, there's only three more weekends until christmas like oh jesus yeah i know so, that's what I was, I was like i don't think i could do that have thanksgiving and then four weeks later it's christmas time like that's crazy yeah. that's crazy just uh, move to canada we're way better yeah, listeners, as I was telling um, <laughs> Dusty this morning, I was, was it this morning? No, because I was death gripping it on the way to the work this morning, so I wasn't <laughs> talking. Uh, I was uh, I was saying that one thing, you know, one thing Canada has, right, is that, you know, October Thanksgiving. And then I was like, oh, and, you know, universal health care and uh, <laughs> gun reform and blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm just well, saying. I don't know. It's 17 hour waits at the emergency room right now. So our health care is a little. <laughs> but uh, it's OK. We might have an election in six months for our province. So fingers crossed we can get some changes made. See, and that, that's another thing uh, you've said what's his name Trudeau like call an election I'm like wait so he just calls it whatever he wants it's not like a set thing yeah they have to do it within so many years of being the leader it has to be within a time frame but generally they'll call it when they know they're going to win like if their their ratings are up or whatever uh, right so then they'll say hey smart. let's call an election Strategery. yeah gotcha. so it has to be within but it sounds like they're going to call a provincial election for the province of Alberta, just my province, oh. in like the next six months. Oh. People is mad, which means that the parties are going to start throwing money to say, hey, we're going to give you all these grants and we're going to help families out and we're going to ah. never. They said the same thing last time. Never. Mm. It never came to fruition, so... Well, yeah. at least you're not down here where we have to deal with the presidential elections all year oh. next year. <laughs> I don't. You guys are like two years away from an election, basically, and like yeah. we are already hearing it. Like, what? What is going? Oh yeah, they Trump is. I mean, they've already. Mm -hmm, yep, it's a, a whole fucking year of it, at least. <sighs> our friend Kanye through. Oh, I guess his name's not Kanye anymore. Now it's just Yay. Yay. It's Running for president, I was like, "Oh my god, it could get worse." <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, if he Dusty's gonna finish her guest room for me, so that I can just move right in. So just thank gonna you. go pick up some drywall. We'll make you a bedroom. It'll be fine. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you guys hear that I'm no longer <laughs> that I'm 
Oh, the two Canadians on the podcast. <laughs> <I'll be there. laughs> just mind your business. <laughs> find your real cute cowboy, and then you can just get your your citizenship. It'll be fine. Everything's fine. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, I, I had to tell you about my dream, but I will tell that off the off the air. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, everybody, happy holiday season, and um, get your you know, don't just don't you try and not uh, think about the church as much as possible <laughs> when you're here. Yeah. Get an extra hour of sleep if you can do it. Keep good yeah. things in your brain. Take breaks. Take breaks where you can. If you need to go yeah. out, leave Self-care. family function. Go. You can do it. Yeah. Go straight to the closet during the yeah. family functions. And Seriously. spike your eggnog, you know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Pick up edibles if they're illegal in your state. (laughs) Things are a lot easier to deal with when you don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I care about (laughs) Dusty cares too much. Is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Can't watch the news because they talk about the homeless dog. (laughs) 